folks. Welcome to another episode of Health Shift, the podcast that bridges the gap between conventional modalities and ancient healing for complete mind, body, and spirit well-being. We don't want your health to be shit. We want you to make a shift. <laughs> Please note that these discussions are not medical advice, nor should they be used in place of medical assessments and treatments. So let's get started. Today, I'd like to welcome Shannon Werner. Shannon has a PhD, is a systems biologist, Reiki energy healer, mindful movement teacher, and transformational nutrition coach. Oh my God, this is going to be fun. She believes in food as medicine, the healing power of movement and community, and that the future of holistic healing lies in bridging science and spirituality. Ah, so aligned with my thought process. So I met Shannon from a mutual contact, Dr. Lynn Marie Morsky, a physician, attorney, and lifelong enthusiast who also bridges ancient healing and conventional medicine. She practiced at the VA uh, administration, is now very heavily involved in startup world of research and politics in the use of psychedelic medicine for PTSD, mental health, and spiritual growth. I am so excited to talk with Shannon today about her journey through both worlds, conventional, ancient, and non-traditional. So thanks for being here today, Shannon. Welcome. Thank you so much, Julie. It is such an honor and pleasure to be here and yeah, to have this conversation with you and your audience. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So, so tell us your story, you know, how you got to where you are today. Oh my gosh, this, is, this journey <laughs> is one of several twists and turns. And what's really interesting is how we can just take, make different decisions in our life and have no idea that it's going to bring us where we think we're going to go. We can have a plan, but the plan, usually a lot of reroutes. So um, as a child, I was really into nature. I would find myself spending tons of time out in the trees, hugging trees, talking to them, collecting rocks, things like that. So I've really been connected to the earth since very little. And I grew up in an environment where school and kind of excelling and being your best was very much the kind of the thing to do. Mm -hmm. And so, and I grew up on the East Coast. <laughs> Me too. East, East Coast <laughs> mentality of, you know, excel at the things you do, commitment to excellence, have a lot of motivation. And so Partially, it wasn't, I didn't get pulled away from nature and playing outside in the way that, oh, I only want to focus on school, but quickly my attention got redirected towards school. And in school, I had two loves, music. I played clarinet in the orchestra and marching band and science. And it was one of those things where science became a love of mine because of the teacher I had. I had a couple of teachers who just were so excited about the science and the way that they shared about chemistry, biology, physics. It just spoke to me. But now being older, I realized that my love for biology came from my natural love of nature and the mm. outdoors. It was fascinating for me to understand like at a molecular level, like how do all these microscopic things happen? And then I can touch myself and I can move through the world as a human being. And like, how am I even alive? So there was, there was just this natural interest and in, from the all the way to the molecular, all the way to the macro level of like, how do we exist? And so I went through schooling and decided to earn a PhD and went to UCSD and earned my PhD in systems biology. And in that time, from high school through graduate school, I was very much a perfectionist, type A, 
work yourself into the ground, have lots of hobbies, be a people pleaser, make sure everyone's good. And throughout that time and a little bit past my graduate work into my postdoc, I burned myself out. Mm. Essentially just burned the candle on infinite ends until there was not even a nub of a candle left. And while I loved my work in graduate school because it was very free thinking, academic, I was constantly kind of thinking about, hmm, like what experiment could I run here? And then I had the freedom to go do that experiment and then write papers about it. And it was really kind of free. And then I ended up transitioning into pharmaceutical work as a, a, a therapeutic drug development scientist. And the, the corporate world was now more rigid. Mm. naturally it has to be <laughs> sure right and so what I was finding myself is kind of coming to this position of I was burnt out from school not attending to myself physically at all despite exercising all the time and trying to eat well but I just from a nervous system perspective wasn't taking care of myself I was constantly stimulated and was exhausting myself and in 2010 I ended up going to Mexico for a trip came back with a GI bug and my health proceeded Oof. to decline mysteriously for the next two to three years until all the way that I couldn't digest food, lost an excessive amount of weight. And then any little stress, if someone raised their voice, I, I couldn't handle it. So my nervous mm. system had, had reached a complete crash. And so this was at a time where a lot of things were changing. I was questioning science, my love for science, that freedom, that play, that hugging the tree when I was a kid, all the creativeness, I felt kind of confined. And then personally was going through relationship changes and a divorce. And so it's kind of like with my health crashing and a lot of things that I held mm -hmm. as my truth crashed, I went on now what I can look back to say a very deep spiritual journey. Mm. And during that time, what pulled me up and out, I mean, I could tell this story for three days, but what, event, what really pulled me up and out were yoga mm -hmm. and this process of, of combining movement and connection inward, um, nutrition. So I know, so what's interesting, Julie and we could have met in Boston when I was living there because I was going to a functional medicine doctor at the same place you were working. Oh my <laughs> so God. We could have met, we could have met eight years ago, <laughs> Visions Medical Center. I could have met you there. Um, but that's funny how we were like kind of cross paths back then. So sure. working with a functional medicine doctor and a functional nutrition, a nutritionist to help me really understand at a biological level and genetically, these are some things that I have a predisposition for. Sure. And I have to take care of myself nutritionally a little bit better. And then the third piece was spiritual, was realizing that a lot of the life I had lived was for other people. Yeah. And it was yeah. to please my parents. Like, oh, I'm going to be a scientist and make money and make sure they're happy and proud of me. And I'm going to make decisions to make sure my partner's happy. And a lot of these decisions were made for others. And so when everything crashed to the ground, I was left to take care of myself. And I realized it was time. And that was in my early 30s. And what kind of came out of that was my passion to then help people based off of my own really challenging experiences with my health and spiritually. And fast forward five years after a lot of work, which involved psychedelics, which involved working with functional medicine practitioners, which involved moving my body in different ways and meditation. We could talk about that for a while but was my drive to help people move through their own challenges from the perspective of mindful movement and energy work and also holding space 
because I felt I went through many long periods of my life not feeling heard mm. or seen or truly supported by others. Like I didn't feel like I could be me. And so that makes me very sensitive now as a practitioner that people can come to me and be exactly who they are and know that they're not going to be judged and that they'll be loved and supported for who they are and who they're becoming. Sure. So in 2016, I started my own business. Um, I opened a mindful movement studio and started doing Reiki energy healing. And funny with the pandemic, now I'm closed that business and I'm back into clinical research. So we can talk about that in a little bit, but it's been a <laughs> wild journey. And, but what I feel really clear about is that I'm here to serve people from a, from a big heart and to allow people to be heard and seen and know that their journeys to becoming who they are is so important. Wow. Wow. You know, ditto, 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 because we've had such similar journey, you know, little different story, but such a similar journey, you know, with convolutions all over the place. It's really interesting. All over the place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what's funny to me is that I've found in my life that some of the people who have been meant, uh, meant to meet, like yourself, for example, yep. We've crossed paths in these parallel worlds. So I'm originally from Boston and Julie's from Massachusetts, right? So, and it's that, that thing of like, we were in the same vicinity, not meeting. And yeah. then later on in life, we come to meet each other. And that's been the way, that way for me with lots of people. So it's pretty serendipitous. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. And I know in our conversations, I never even knew that you had gone to Visions, uh, Visions Healthcare. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, yeah. that's really funny. Yeah, yeah. Wow. You know, this is, it's so interesting because I grew up in a very sheltered world. I'm an only child and, you know, was not exposed to things outside the box and really lived, um, lived in fear of marijuana and psychedelics mm. and things like that. You know, there mm. were some, some kids in school that were tripping and things like that. A few folks died. Um, mm. So that whole world was like petrifying to me. And it's funny because I've often talked about how, you know, people grow up with, you know, uh, flight, you know, fight, flight or fro or freeze. And for yeah. me, I would immediately go to freeze. And so, you know, from early childhood experiences and things like that, which, you know, some of it I've certainly tapped into, I would immediately go to the frozen state. So all that mm. stuff was like completely off, you know, off the table. And um, it wasn't until I was dealing with my own health challenges with a rare leukemia and then following your Lyme and then a staph infection. And it was a patient of mine who said to me, you know, have you ever heard of ayahuasca? And I go, first of all, I said, no. And she said, you know, what about shamanic practices? And I said, uh, no. <laughs> so, you know, the nerd, the science nerd in me went to, you know, go check out PubMed and some research. And it was amazing to see um, how much of this was um, there, you know, and had mm. been researched and whatnot. So that kind of started me on my journey of opening up my world to, oh my goodness, you know, psychedelics do have some clinical efficacy. And the more research and learning that I'm doing, I, it has opened up a whole new world for me in terms of my own healing process, but then also the excitement of how to be able to educate and share with other people what possibilities lie ahead for them as well. So, absolutely. you know, yeah, just, just absolutely amazing. And, you know, the other thing is that um, I actually have uh, American Indian on both sides of my family. So I have yes. on my mother's side of the family, we have Micmac and Blackfoot. And on my dad's side of the family, we have Micmac. And 
I've always loved the idea of indigenous lifestyle, honoring the mm. earth, honoring people, mm. being in a village, a community and things of that nature. And so, you know, again, exploring more of this in terms of plant medicine and being in alignment mm. with plants just makes so much sense for me. So anyway, I love that learning like you. Yeah. Yes, yeah. This is what we're here for. And we, we think so much about this of schooling and education. I was thinking about this this morning. It's the, I mean, and you hear the little clips about, oh, school of life or school of hard knocks or things like that. But truly, you know, when we come into this body in this life, we're vehicles for learning and our souls and our consciousness is here to expand. And we do that by going through sometimes really intense things so we can learn and then experiment. And that's one of the things that, you know, through my own psychedelics experience is that, you know, same, I mean, grew up in an environment where it's like, I know for sure, like my parents tried things in the seventies, but we weren't talking about it, right? It was like, these things are bad, don't ever touch it, dare program. And what's really interesting is that as a kid, I was like, yup, I was very buttoned up. I did not party in high school and not even that much in college till the end. Like I was pretty, pretty focused on school. And then in graduate school, I moved to California and then things are much more open and liberal yeah. and people are talking about all sorts of things and my mind felt tickled and then as a as a scientist I of course got very curious and there was something my intuition when the first opportunity I think it was around 2006 came up to try mushrooms LSD things like that it was like yes yes you must try this and it was less from the effect of like oh I just want to party because that kind of wasn't in my yeah. DNA to kind of like let go and go wild but there was a part of me at a soul level that was that was telling me like when you try this your life will change and that was absolutely the case for me that it started these experiences started in a more recreational an environment where music and dancing and things were part of what it was about but it very quickly for me became a vehicle for healing yeah. and transformation and immense reverence and respect that many of these substances come from the earth, some of them don't, but that there's something that's very beautiful about this connection of something that can grow in the ground and can offer humans such a transformational heart opening experience that it's meant to be here for us yep. to experience, but also from a sense of respect and reverence. Oh and my that goodness. It's, you I know, so something agree. that we don't, we don't just Oh, let's just do this today for fun that there's the of course that has can have its place but really coming from a, a place that I have an intention to learn something about myself today so maybe it's so I can better you know serve my family humanity be kinder to myself whatever the goal is and it's it's just interesting I think coming from a you know an upbringing where it's like no 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 like it can be hard to say well as a scientist and you are one too it's like well, we're all, we're all scientists and we get to experiment. And part of experimentation is this school of life. We're here to learn. Like we're not getting a degree in like psychedelic use or anything, but really the lessons learned from these journeys are, you know, will change you forever. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you said something that's just like really so profound and it's that whole idea of setting intention. And, you know, as I've been learning more and taking courses and whatnot on all of this, 
you know, learning about the medical safety, as well as what are the psychological, you know, uh, support implications. I mean, certainly sounds mm -hmm. like there's so many more benefits compared to what's going on in, in the traditional psychiatric world at the present time. Mm -hmm. And I think psychiatrists are kind of catching on to that. But in this country, we don't stop and take the time to really think about what's my purpose in life? What's my mm -hmm. intention in, in taking the time? And I know that, you know, when I finally was cleared medically to do the ayahuasca experience um, with a shaman, I had to spend three months preparing, <laughs> which was basically journaling every friggin' day mm -hmm. about from birth up until that point in time, what was my life about? What was my perception of my life um, and all of that? And, and then what's my intention for the medicine? And of course, for me, it's, it's, it's always about self-healing and how can I serve others? And, and, it mm. is, and so many times when I go back into experiences, because I've also um, tried mushrooms, again, under the you know, direction of a shaman um, and MDMA, um, I always go in with, please share with me my intention, my purpose in this life. And I always come out with the same answer, which is, you know, I am here to share and help to heal, help others to heal. So I feel pretty convicted that um, I'm on my path and I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> I love um, that. But it, what a wild journey, because, you know, again, starting out as a traditional dietitian, you know, buttoned up to the collar, you know, white mm -hmm. blouse, white, uh, white coat, whatnot. <laughs> and now it's, you know, the school of like, let's, let's eat dirt. You know, actually I was listening to the podcast <laughs> on that. <laughs> I know what a what a cool journey that is. Yeah, and I feel like in the intention part and the preparation part to prepare yourself for a profound experience is something that it's like yeah oh we don't think about it but if we extrapolate this out into activities in the world like that are not psychedelics for example you know back in graduate school I was obsessed with doing triathlons I just thought it was the coolest thing to swim for an hour and bike for six and then run for three. I mean, like talk about type A personality, right? So, but one of the things that comes to mind is like what I had an intention to push myself, but I didn't just on day one do an Ironman, yep. 140.6 miles, right? I, I really had to spend time preparing myself and training and, and trying little things that push my edge to make sure on the day I am ready to have an experience. And I think that could go with running a marathon that could go with any goal that you want to complete. It's just, you don't go from A to Z or from zero to a hundred. And I think as a culture, the American culture really mm. kind of focuses on that. It's like yeah. I mean, a lot of, you know, you listen to podcasts and you're listening to someone who's already reached their goal and they're telling you all about it. But I think most of us, the general public want to hear about the journey. Yep. And we want to hear like, oh, we don't just get there from zero to 10 really fast. And so part of part of this psychedelics journey and healing journey is about preparing yourself because it is kind of like a rocket ship ride. <laughs> you know, you're not going to be ready if you don't do some preparation. And so one of the things I agree that the journaling, getting to know yourself, getting clear on what you want to get out of it. I know for that, for me, the, the ayahuasca journey that I've been on, it's preparing your body cleansing it, you know, putting things in it, like healthy foods and, and kind of shielding yourself from, you know, toxic 
other mm -hmm. substances, whether that's all the way from news, social media, mm -hmm. listening to gossip, things like that, to prepare your body as a vehicle to receive something that's very profound. And so I think this idea of intention setting is actually widespread if we think about it, but when applied to something like this, like, oh yeah, it makes sense. Like, I want to be prepared for this marathon of transformation that I'm about to go through, right? So. Sure, sure. Yeah, the other, the other thing that I love um, in, in this whole process is, is what you mentioned about preparing your body with the diet, you know, and they call mm -hmm. it a dieta. Yes. And um, that just so aligns with the, the dietitian in me for sure. But this whole idea <laughs> yeah. of clearing your body of toxins and, mm -hmm. and, you know, in, in America, we're on, I, I guess we're on speed dial or fast drive, which is, you know, mm -hmm. just give me the end result. And yeah. I don't want to have to do anything in the process of doing it. And, you know, one of the things that, uh, and I'm seeing two different, um, oh, two different paths that are taking place as all these clinical trials are going on. We have people who are trying to scale the business so that they can make lots of money, you know, more of that capitalistic aspect. And then we've got other people who are saying, listen, this is really about helping us to heal ourselves and heal each other, which is really sort of the path that I'm on. Um, but again, that whole process of we need to clean up our diet, we need to clean up our thoughts, we have to get good sleep, you know, all those things, I call them the activities of daily living. I, I did some nursing home consulting years ago, the ADLs. <laughs> yes. Um, but, you know, we need to do those ADLs in order to prepare for this journey. And um, I know, so my first ayahuasca journey was profound. So again, I, mm. I had leukemia, Lyme, and then uh, got a staph infection. So I was very, very ill. Mm. Um, I was most, uh, actually my most sick was uh, a reaction to chemotherapy because I finally had to do chemo mm. after trying a number of alternative things. And I've had lifelong immune issues anyway from childhood on up and I uh, just kind of all cascaded. But what the journey did for me was it was not a pretty picture at all. It showed me that I had like a number of years of trials and tribulations to go through, um, but that I, but there was light at the end of the tunnel. So, you know, it was like I had these steel, these steel uh, cages over me, uh, you know, mm. and that was going to be a period of time. And then, you know, the water showed that there was some bright light at the end and whatnot. And it was so true because then like for the next six to seven years, it was one challenge after another, you know, mm -hmm. and um, I feel like it really was more foreshadowing and prepared me for the fact that you can do this. And the other piece that was really beneficial is I was also going through my second yoga, yoga certification at the same time. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. like you having yoga in my life made all the difference in the world. So yeah, I mean, we could go on forever and ever and ever, but it's also so cool that we just, you know, re-saw each other again last evening yes. at a meeting call, uh, for Empathic Health, which is, uh, you know, a startup group to help other people, you know, in their process and pro mm -hmm. provide them information, education, support, mentorship. And um, I'm really, really excited to be a volunteer along with you in that, in that uh, regard as well. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it'll, yeah, it'll be so good. And yeah, I mean, it, I can absolutely resonate with going through periods of life where you're offered a challenge, and then it's almost like a little impish from the universe or spirit or whatever you want to call it. It's like, oh, oh, you, you, you've got that? 
okay, let's give you one more thing. And let, <laughs> let's, let's, let's do one more thing. And, and it's not about, I don't feel like it's about breaking the human spirit. I feel like a lot of times, especially coming off the pandemic, right? It's like, what more can come to break the human spirit? I mean, certainly there have been so many world events from, you know, political, public mm -hmm. health, et cetera, that could, re I mean, it really has thrown us all off balance. And from a mental health and physical health perspective and spiritual health perspective, it's more like honoring what we're going through and saying, yes, this is very difficult. And I am allowed to feel all the emotions that I'm feeling through this time. And then to also say, and I'm still here. Yep. I'm still here. I'm still taking one step forward and it may not be pretty. It could be messy and I could feel not like myself and I, I'm not sure where I'm going and this feels really difficult, but I'm still here and you're still here. And anyone who's ever been through a hard time, which all of us have, is we're still here. And these experiences are teaching us every single time about the power of our own resilience and ability to bounce back and bounce back in a new way and in a different way and we're growing and we're becoming different and that's where I constantly go back to the power of psychedelics as a teacher to say no you are still here and there is more yet to learn and after every single experience it's something that you can take a nugget of information and and then it's a starting point for your own growth that you get to take that and say okay now that i've had this journey how can i weave this into my life in a way that supports myself and the world and others and my family and yeah. my friends and my partner things like that yeah yeah oh my god that's absolutely beautiful well we could go on for hours and hours yes. and hours <laughs> i know we could yeah so with your experience i would mm. love for you to share what are the top three things that you would like to share with the audience in terms of um, support for them mm. one of the things that i'd like to share i've been thinking a lot about this especially it's poignant for this time and um, we're in 2021 right now and imagine people will be listening to this in the future as well but when you're going through a difficult time whether it's the pandemic or whether it's something very personal to you that part of the healing process involves finding joy. Mm, mm -hmm. And this has been actually, I share this not from, this is what you need to do, but I'm sharing this from a place of, I struggle with this right now, mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. um, in, in 2020, when I, I had a business and teaching movement and um, doing energy healing. And once the pandemic hit, I naturally had to pivot because that business had to shift. Sure. And right now I'm in a place of going back, quote unquote, back. I think it's a forward push, but sometimes it feels like a backwards push into clinical research. And I, it's like, ah, am I supposed to be here when all that I love, the holistic healing world and all my peeps are like doing what they're doing. And ah, I feel like I've, I've kind of, I'm not there right now. And so with that little snippet, what I want to share is when you're going through a transition and you're in the middle, and I feel like so many times in mm. life, we're in the middle. Mm -hmm. we're, not, we're not who we used to be, and we're not who we're becoming, and we're here right now. Yeah. Connecting with yourself from a place of joy. And it could, like, sometimes there are days when I'm like, how do I get, get to where I want to be? And, like, finding joy feels, like, really difficult. Finding a sense of peace, a sense of calm 
And I think that's a very important message right now, whether it's calming music, whether it's playing with one of your furry, furry pets or, you know, playing with your kids outside or whatever that looks like, really connecting, even if it's for a few minutes to start each day, like finding peace and over time through that practice, allow that peacefulness to ramp up into joy is a vehicle that can help us all make transitions. And I think mm. everyone's going through transitions in life right now. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I don't know anyone who is not. And so like that joy, joyfulness is really important. That's the first one. The second message I'd like to offer is a lot of times being a scientist, what, I, what I've witnessed is this mm, kind of attitude that like scientists know everything and our public health officials and oh, Shannon, you have a PhD, so you must be really smart. And there's like almost like this this separation that hierarchy happens. yeah hierarchy uh-huh. yeah thank you and I, I feel like what I'd like to share is that that hierarchy really doesn't exist and I'm just a regular person right who has trials and tribulations and kind of went a different path in my education and the, the message that I'd like to share is that we are all scientists in some way yeah right? every moment that you make a decision you are setting up an experiment, right? Because we never know like what our decisions are going to lead to ultimately. Right. And so we set up the experiment and we gather data through our life experience and then we evaluate it. And then based off of that evaluation, like we set up a new experiment and that is life. And so what I'd like to share is that as an experimentalist, whether or not you're an official scientist or not, we get to set up experiments every day And so connecting that with the joyfulness piece is Mm. the importance of creativity that Mm. I remember in graduate school, I can see myself sitting at my desk, like writing a manuscript and saying, Shannon, you are not creative enough to come up with your own research program. And like, you could never be an academic and blah, 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 and all this negative programming. Right. And like, since then, I'm like, yeah, that idea is a bunch of bull. That is not true at all. But really knowing that at any moment you're a creator and you can create experiments in your life by thinking, trying new thoughts out, trying new thought patterns out, trying new ways of being, new forms of exercise, new foods, things like that, that through being an experimentalist, you create and that we all have the power to create. And I think the third is definitely being a movement teacher, move your damn body every (laughs) single day. I because I, I had a movement studio for three and a half years and I was moving and dancing and shaking all day. And then I went back to being kind of like sitting and yeah. not standing with the standing desk in, in my corporate job. And it's like, you feel the difference. Oh my what God. What I'll yeah. say is like my spiritual energy, my creative energy, my joy is very much tied to moving my body. And so whether movement brings you joy or not, it certainly frees up the energetic channels in your body. So whether you do like a little dance party with your pet or you're like going for a walk or doing whatever you love, I would say, please choose something that you love and move with it every single day, even if it's for like five minutes. I love it. I love it. Actually, um, I had planned a dance party for my family, for Lindsay, Scott and Chloe back in oh, I don't know, December, January. And then they all that. got sick. And so we ended up deferring it. So we did it mm. on... Um, the uh, on Easter Eve and I actually got one of the little uh, disco lights 
And we yes. had we had oh. so much fun. I said, you know, it brought me back to my Medford, Massachusetts days, you know, disco fever. And we had yes. we were laughing. Chloe, who's two years old, was having a ball. So I, I totally agree with you. That is absolutely perfect. I, I love it, Shannon. Thank you so, so much for being here Thank today. You. So how can people connect with you in terms of your um your, still your creative work? Thank you. Yes, the main way right now, since I'm taking a little hiatus from social media, okay. is my website. And my okay. website is shannonwerner.com. I'm in the process of revamping it a little bit, but yeah, that's available and my contact information is there. So please, um, if something I said that you're curious about or want to learn more, like I'd be happy to talk to feel free to reach out via email. So awesome. Yeah, awesome. I'll be on so, social media again one day, but just take a minute. Yeah, you know what? It's nice to take it's nice to take breaks, most definitely. Yes, so yes. fabulous. Well, if you like this podcast, please rate, review, and share with your friends, family, and coworkers. I'm on a mission to change the current paradigm of healthcare and mental health care. And you can find me at juliefreeman.net, on Instagram at Julie Freeman Mindful Wellness and on YouTube at Julie Freeman Functional Medicine La Jolla. So until next time, folks, thank you so much. Bye.